Thank you for that beautiful song, and I appreciate the emphasis on following the pattern of the Lord Jesus Christ as we minister, and one of the lines in that song says, if I should die upon a foreign field someday, and I remember years ago uh, visiting the Moody Bible Institute, Dr. Getch, and they're not uh, where they once were, theologically perhaps, or uh, philosophically, but there was a great missionary movement out of the Moody Bible Institute maybe a hundred years ago, and as you walk in the foyer of some of their main buildings, they had plaques on the walls for the missionaries that had died on the foreign fields, and there were not a few. There were many. I remember visiting Spurgeon's College in London, England, and uh, the same. There was a wall dedicated to people that had given their lives in foreign missions endeavor, and certainly that spirit of sacrifice is the New Testament spirit, just saying, Lord, here's my life, take it, use it, and total surrender to Christ. Uh, that's what we should be seeking and uh, living out as we begin this year. Well, again, I want to welcome you to West Coast Baptist College. It is a blessing to have you here. God has given us a great start uh, for our college, for our Christian day school, and uh, so many aspects of the ministry. During COVID, the Lord has sustained and blessed. And uh, how many of you are thankful that we serve such a powerful God? Uh, I believe there are people that would have liked to have seen the church just kind of diminish and even fail during this uh, past year and a half. Uh, but God is faithful. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So always remember, students, that even in the tough years, you're still on the winning side in Christ. You should have received upon registration uh, sometime the last few days what we call a note taker's journal, a little book for chapel notes. And I want to encourage you to use that. Um, I, in my lifetime, have been uh, someone that takes a lot of notes. I file those notes. I, this summer I read, I think, 17 books. And as I read them on the Kindle, I highlight aspects of those books that might be helpful for me in sermons. And then I begin a process of taking those highlights and putting them in folders based upon different sermon series that are upcoming. It's, it's greatly helpful to me. But I really began that concept when I was in college, just writing down statements. Sometimes it was one statement that just really touched my heart. Uh, and then as the computer age came, I began to put a lot of those statements into the uh, computer. And I'm telling you that whether you're a Christian day school teacher, missionary evangelist, pastor, uh, if you can file those topically and have those over the years to come, they're a tremendous blessing. So I want you to remember that uh, in every chapel service, bring your Bible, bring your note taker's journal, and uh, you'll be blessed. And uh, I want you to write some things down. And there's a few things I want you to write down right now as we begin this year before I open the Bible for our message this morning. Just a couple quick statements that I want you to remember about uh, the Christian life. While you're getting that out, I want to thank Pastor Wrench for being here today. And uh, men, I want you to uh, always take advantage of these men that stand behind the pulpit to the best of our ability. These are men that we've known, we've kind of vetted. These are proven men. Some will, some will come from small country churches, big city churches, everywhere in between. But doctrinally, philosophically, these are men that you can talk to and, and learn from. Pastor Wrench, in 1987, planted a church in Temecula, one of the strong, larger cities of the Inland Empire, about an hour and a half or so from here. 
And uh, so church planting is still a great need. And uh, here's someone that you could maybe uh, get his email and maybe ask a question along the way about uh, how to find a city, how to get a church started. So these men are not here just uh, because they don't care. They're here to help, uh, and they would be glad to help you as well. A couple thoughts I want you to remember as we begin this school year. A couple things I like to say at the beginning of each school year. Number one, I want you to write down this little phrase, the Christian life is a holy life. The Christian life is a holy life. Now, we do not believe that the rules produce holiness. The Holy Spirit produces holiness. Uh, but when we emphasize uh, distinctiveness between male and female in our appearance, when we emphasize control over our media usage or some of the rules that you've signed off on with respect to the handbook this week, just remember that the Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. And that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect, but it means that we reverence God and that the closer we get to him, the, the Christian life should reflect that. And uh, you pray with me that, that we'll have fun and have a great year, but that we'll have a year where people can see the Lord in our lives. Then the second thing I want to mention to you just by way of some pre-college uh, uh, class. I know we had two classes now today, but some pre-college uh, uh, counsel here. Uh, second thing I want you to jot down, enjoy the journey as much as the destination. Enjoy the journey. That was hard for me, Brother Wrench, for a long time in the ministry, just trying to get so many things done. And uh, there's days when, you know, you've got lots of stress. But I want to encourage you all to, to just enjoy the journey. You are blessed. You're, you're blessed with the churches that have sent you, the pastors that love you, the parents that are behind you in many cases. Uh, this college, 100 acres, tremendous faculty. And uh, we're very thankful for each one and for those that are becoming uh, next semester. We're just constantly working to develop the program for you. Uh, the, we're working constantly on the food. If you, uh, if you haven't noticed, we made some improvements there. We're working on some more improvements. Just trying to make this a great experience. But enjoy the journey. Get involved and uh, just get to know one another and make some friends and enjoy your time here. The third thing I want you to jot down is that, just write this down, I am here to get an education. <laughs> I am here to get an education. Isn't that a novel thought? <laughs> uh, Brother England, we want them to all remember that, don't we? Brother England is our chief academic officer, and, and his role, and, and he is such a blessing to me in this area because he's passionate about making sure that we get the right teachers and the right classes with the right uh, textbooks and the right uh, curriculums and, and so that you uh, are, are receiving a quality education. And, and remember that you are here to get an education. Now, you're going to have social life, you're going to get a job, you're going to do some other things. But I see some of these knuckleheads, and they get a job, you know, their security job. Then they get to wear a gun, like Barney Fife, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Before you know it, they're so interested in that job, they forgot why they came here. You didn't come here to be a security guard. You came here to get an education. Don't forget that. And keep a, keep, a, keep a disciplined in your studies and, and um, remember the deadlines and uh, you'll, you'll learn and we'll have some, uh, some classes or maybe a special uh, chapel for the men and the women on how to organize your time. But for now, keep lists and, uh, and put on your calendar when projects are due. Start that this week. When a teacher says midterm is, put it on your calendar. Open that calendar. 
Fellas, if you don't have a 30-day glance calendar or some kind of a computer outlook program, uh, get to Walmart, get something so that you can learn. If you can't learn to keep track of your final exams and your papers that are due, it's going to be hard to pastor a church someday. So these are important things. You're here to get an education. Then let me remind you of one more, and that is this. With God's calling comes God's enabling. Let's say that together. With God's calling comes Who's enabling? God's enabling. Sometimes in college and sometimes in ministry, you're going to say, I can't do this. I've said that a lot. And then the Lord comes to me and says, good, I'm glad you figured that out. Because it's not by your strength or by your power or by your might. God will enable you to do what he's called you to do. So let's remember some of these things. Take your Bibles, if you would, turn to John chapter 1. And stand with me, please, for a brief message this morning. John chapter 1 and verse 37. John 1, 37. Now, uh, Brother Rasmussen, will the students or Brother Getch be in ministries this Sunday already? Do they start some? All right. So I do want to mention this quickly, just a quick thought about Sunday. I know you're getting a ton of information. If you're starting into a new ministry, which most of you will, maybe bus, and our buses, how many of you are glad we have buses this semester? Last semester, we didn't even have them. And I'm just going to tell you straight up, with COVID, we lost a lot of riders. So we're in a build, rebuild mode. So uh, we're excited to see uh, God work. And we're back running maybe a couple hundred. But we need to kind of triple that. And we will this fall, Lord willing. But uh, let's pray for souls in these ministries. But whether it's bus or Sunday school or Wednesday kids program or uh, whatever ministry you're in, be sure to introduce yourself to the leader, the lay leader from Lancaster Baptist. And just say, hi, my name's you know, Tom, and I'm, I'm from Temecula, California, and uh, I'm glad to be of service and help in any way that I can. And, and just uh, kind of make sure that uh, you're telling, who the, telling the bus captain the same thing. They're looking for you, but uh, just in the busyness of everything, don't be a wallflower and just stand by the wall. But just go by it. Our church family loves West Coast Baptist College students, and they want to be a blessing to you. And some of them will be lifelong friends for you. A lot of our members, they, they, they have pastor friends across America from 26 years of this Bible college and, and Christian school teachers. So, but be sure to go to them and, and, and uh, introduce yourself. Most of you will attend the 11 or the 10:30 service, as I understand, Sundays, and uh, that's the better service as far as our seating. And uh, but let me ask you to be sensitive to the ushers' request. And uh, we try to let uh, the church family kind of have some of these middle sections, college students kind of filling the sides. Uh, on Sunday nights, we'll have some in the balcony. I'll let Dr. Getch announce uh, who's up there and so forth. But, uh, and this Sunday, I'll be preaching on Peter's declaration of the gospel from Acts chapter 2. Uh, in, the, in the 10.30 service, we'll have a special guest, uh, Larry Elder, who's uh, uh, potential for uh, our governor here in California, which uh, would be a great blessing. It would be a God thing if it happens. But I want you to be attentive when we have these guests. I want you to be mature. Uh, sometimes I'll have a guest that uh, we're trying to encourage somehow. That does not mean that we agree with everything that they believe or say. It just means that they're 
uh, much better than other choices. <laughs> and in this case, in our state, with our precious governor, uh, we would be very glad uh, to have him transition to a life of uh, going to his French Laundry restaurant without his mask. So, uh, but anyways, uh, I don't I don't have time to get all into that. But uh, but sometimes uh, you'll have you'll there'll be special guests both in college and chapel, and uh, they're not coming as a preacher, but they're maybe coming as an elected official or something, just just to bring a greeting to us. And so understand that as well. And so we're going to have a great day Sunday, and maybe as you're out soul winning tonight, there might be someone that would like to know that Larry Elder will be here Sunday. That might be interesting to them, and uh, maybe they'll come to hear him, and they'll hear the gospel and be saved. And so that's kind of the heart of all of that. John 1 and uh, verse 37, and the two disciples heard him speak. Now this is speaking of John the Baptist, verse 36, behold the Lamb of God, he says. And the two disciples heard him speak, and followed, they followed Jesus. And by the way, John the Baptist, first of all, I love his last name, don't you? What a great last name, Baptist. And, uh, but I, I love the fact that his whole life was preparing people for the coming of Christ. You know, that's our whole life too. Behold the Lamb of God, he said. And they began to follow him. And looking upon Jesus, verse 36, as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And they, the two disciples, heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is, being interpreted, the Christ. I want to speak to you today about a new beginning. This was a new beginning for Andrew and Peter. And as we enter this year, I think there's some principles about walking with Jesus that we can learn from this passage this morning. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for the great preaching from Brother Fong and Dr. Shetler and others this week. And now, Lord, in this few moments we have, I pray that you just bless our time around your word and strengthen our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Years ago, we used to sing a song, and perhaps you've heard the song. It's entitled, To Be Used of God is My Desire. It's a great blessing to be used of God. But no one will be greatly used of God unless they learn to walk with God, unless they have an abiding relationship with God. And here this morning, we see the first followers of Jesus Christ, men who were going to be greatly used of God who first had to learn to walk with God. And that's much of what Bible college is all about, getting the basics into our routine, learning how to walk with God. Here we see John and Andrew, as they've heard John the Baptist saying, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And they begin to follow after him as disciples. Now, here we see Andrew primarily in the beginning picture as a curious disciple, as one who is coming to the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice something about Andrew uh, as we look at verse 37. It says, And the two disciples heard him speak, 
and they followed Jesus. I want you to notice Andrew's desire for an abiding presence. Andrew had a desire for an abiding presence. He wants to follow Jesus. He wants, according to verse 37, to be with Jesus. Later, Jesus called Peter, uh, James, John, and Andrew uh, to follow him. But in this particular verse, we see already Andrew's desire. You might remember when Jesus called these disciples in Matthew 4 and 19, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And straightway they left their nets and followed him. Some of you have left some nets. You've left your bedroom at home. You've left a friend. Uh, you've left maybe uh, some possessions because you couldn't fit them all in the dorm. But I want you to know that there's nothing unusual about leaving certain things for the main thing. And the main thing is following the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it was that they were learning how to abide in his presence. John 15 and verse 4, Jesus speaks about abiding in him. That is the word that is used for the normal Christian life. They abode in his presence and they adored his person. They adored the Lord Jesus. They, they worshipfully followed him. They were convinced that he was the Messiah. Luke chapter 10 and verse 41 says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. When you look at the lives of these disciples in the first century, they were, they were, there were many that followed just the crowd and the miracles, but the true disciples, those that had been converted, they were following the master with a worshipful heart. I want to challenge you this morning to begin a new walk with the Lord, abiding in his presence, abiding in his presence. That is to say, to walk with him and talk with him. The songwriter said, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. It's going to be Greek too today, Lord. I need some help. Lord, I need some help to go out on this loving Lancaster. I, I, I don't know about this passing out of water bottles in a park. And, and Lord, I need your help. And I'm telling you that these men were learning that before they would be greatly used by God, they must spend time alone with God. Let me challenge you this morning to abide in the presence of Christ. Never come to chapel with the spirit that says, ah, we got to go to chapel again. Listen, you might get one truth that helps you stay in abiding relationship with the Lord. And so there's an abiding presence. But I want you to notice, secondly, as we begin this journey, there must be an absolute persuasion. There must be an absolute persuasion. We see this abiding presence. They wanted to be with Jesus. But notice why in verse 41, the Bible says of Andrew, when he findeth his own brother Simon, he said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Now, I don't know what others said. I know in John 6, for example, there were thousands of people following Jesus. But the Bible says, but from that time, many turned back. They were not true disciples. What's the difference? Well, some people would go to their friends and say, hey, have you heard about this man that can heal the lepers? Have you heard about this man that can uh, feed uh, thousands of people from just a few loaves and fishes? And they were following uh, the excitement. They were following the miracles. But what Andrew says is significant. He says, we have found the Christ. 
And I want you to see that you must not only abide in his presence, but you must have an absolute persuasion that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Doctrine is the glue that holds us together. There are several reasons why your pastor may have signed a reference form for you to attend West Coast Baptist College, but I can guarantee you that at the top of the list, he was looking for doctrinal continuity from the Word of God to his ministry to this ministry and really what causes us to follow a particular direction is what is being taught. And Jesus they found to be the Messiah. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 16 tells us, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. These were fishermen who had come from the village of Capernaum, who at an early age had studied the law and the prophets. They knew the prophecies concerning the Messiah, and they had come to the persuasion that this was the Christ, this was the Messiah. And you see, strong convictions precede great actions for God. Strong convictions about God precede great actions for God. They were convinced that this was the Messiah. That's why they went out telling everyone who Jesus Christ was and what he did. Turn in your Bible for a moment to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. I want you to see how the Apostle Paul worded his testimony in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12. You've read this verse perhaps before, but I want you to read it again. I want you to get the sense of being absolutely persuaded in your faith. And if you're not absolutely persuaded that Jesus is the Christ, that he's your savior, then you, I challenge you today to come and trust Christ as your savior. Sometimes people get caught up in religious experience and teen camp and go to Bible college and they wind up here having never been truly saved. Make sure that you are absolutely persuaded that he is the perfect son of God who saves sinful men like us. And notice what Paul says there in 2 Timothy 1.12. He says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. By the way, no truly saved man will lose their salvation. Here's a verse on eternal security. How do we know once saved, always saved? Because the apostle Paul tells us that it's not up to us to keep ourselves safe, but he was persuaded from the day that he had trusted Christ that Christ would keep him. But notice this, it says, I know whom I have believed, I am persuaded. Listen, we need some college students today with an abiding presence with Christ and an absolute persuasion that he is your savior, he is your Lord, and you're not wasting your time to study about him, to learn about him, to witness for him, that we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day and we are on the right path as we follow Jesus Christ and so as you begin this semester I want to challenge you to begin it with an abiding relationship everything else is gonna flow from that keeping a heart for God walking with Jesus following after Jesus can you hear them Jesus where do you live well Jesus how did that happen Jesus tell us this passage of Scripture 
They were following Jesus, abiding with Jesus. And because of that, they became absolutely persuaded that he was the Messiah. But then I want you to see, finally, not only did they have an abiding presence and an absolute persuasion, but notice, thirdly, they had an active participation with Jesus Christ. They were so persuaded that he was the Messiah that they became involved in serving the Lord Jesus. Now, how did they become involved? Verse 41 tells us of Andrew. And he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Now notice Andrew, first of all, as he sought his brother. You see, when you become fully persuaded of something, you talk about it. Some people are fully persuaded that Amway soap will get stains out of your pants. And if you ever get around an Amway salesman, they'll talk to you about that. Some people are fully persuaded that essential oils heal all ills. And if you get around some of those folks, they'll rub some of that oil on you every chance they get. They're just convinced of it. They're persuaded of it. Not making fun of them, just stating a fact. They're persuaded of it. People get persuaded regarding different things, and when they're persuaded, they want to talk about what they're persuaded of. And Andrew, who was persuaded that Christ was the Messiah, had to tell his brother, he first findeth his own brother. And I want to encourage you as you begin to meet new friends and people in the community that you, with this persuasion, talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be a shame if one person in this room could go an entire semester working at Chick-fil-A or working at Michael's Warehouse or wherever and never tell someone by them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God. If you're persuaded of it, you're going to talk about it. You're going to tell people about it. I remember when I was starting out in the ministry, uh, Mrs. Chaplin and I, we were, uh, we were just kind of barely making ends meet, and, and I, I received a little salary, and she was doing some child care, and we were somehow getting the bills paid, and, and uh, we had a car. Uh, it was an old Honda, kind of a Honda hatchback wagon, and uh, I think I bought it with 160,000 miles on it. It had a fresh paint job, but uh, that's about all that was good on that car, and it broke down all the time. And I remember uh, one day going by a car dealership. It was a Dodge dealership. And, and literally about 50 feet past that dealership, my uh, Honda hatchback broke down. I don't know what was wrong with it, but it broke down for about the third time that month. I looked up, I saw the sign that said Dodge, and I said, this must be the Lord's will. Now this is what we call an impulse buy. I don't recommend it, but I walked into the Dodge dealer and, and they began to show me things. And they had a car back then, it was called a, a Dodge Vista Mitsubishi hatchback, had so many names and boy, the seats could go back. And we had at that time two children, we had one on the way and, and we were just a young family. This young salesman, he was trying to get me to buy that car and tell me all about the mileage and all the rest of it. And, uh, and I was very, very interested, and we went into the sales room, and he was telling me things and asking me questions, and, and of course, it's kind of a pressure moment. And, uh, and so he was, he was doing his best, and, and uh, he said, anything you need to know, just let me know. And so about halfway through all this, in the little sales room, his name was Ralph, I said, Ralph, I do have a question. He said, sure, anything. I said, here's my question, Ralph. If you were to die today, do you know for sure that you'd spend eternity in heaven? or hell, or do you know? And uh, he, he, he was kind of shocked when I asked him that question. He wasn't expecting it. 
He said, well, I, I, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, that's the most important thing to know. You know all about this car, but you don't even know your soul's keeper. You don't even know where you'd be someday. And I said, could I take a few moments and show you? He's like, well, I guess. And I opened up the Bible and I began to show him how that all men are sinners and how Jesus died for our sin. And, and I guess it was about 10 minutes into it, his boss came by. His boss was kind of a gruff old guy. And, and he looks at me and he looks at Ralph and goes, hey, either buy the car or not. I got to get my salesman back out on the lot. And uh, Ralph was like, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, you know. And so I said, all right, Ralph. I said, we'll, we'll talk later. And uh, we went on and filled out the paperwork. I gave him my old junkie Honda. I think they gave me $5 or something like that for it. And I drove that car home, and I brought my wife out, and she looked at it, and she said, what did you do? And uh, after that, we got in it and drove around. She was happy, and, and we had her first car payment. What a blessing. <laughs> well, I went to bed that night. And I, I, uh, I guess about 11 or 12, probably about 12, I was just starting to finally kind of doze off. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, the phone rang, and it woke me up out of just, I mean, deep sleep. And I don't know, for some reason, I thought when I first started the ministry, Brother Wrench, pastors weren't really supposed to sleep ever. And uh, so I, I wanted, I didn't want my voice to sound too, too froggy, you know, I didn't want to sound too rough. I don't know why I did this, Brother Getch. I jumped out of bed and I started singing the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, say, can you see? Trying to clear my voice a little bit. My wife looked at me like, what a weirdo. Singing the Star, and I picked the phone. Hello, how can I help you? I had no idea what time it was. And uh, I said, who is this? And the voice on the other end said, this is Ralph. And I thought, you know, I wonder if this is my brother. I wonder if this is a guy from church. I don't know a Ralph. And I said, right, Ralph, who is this really? He said, this is Ralph. I said, okay, Ralph, what do you want, Ralph? He said, this is Ralph from the Dodge dealership. I said, oh, Ralph, how are you doing today? <laughs> kind of looking at my watch, figuring out what time it is. It's 12 or 1230. I said, I said, how you doing? He said, well, he said, you know that question you asked me today? If I were to die today, where would I spend eternity? Do you remember that question? I said, I do. He said, I'm really, I can't go to sleep. He said, it's just, I keep thinking about that. He said, I have a wife and kids. I said, well, you want to talk about it? He said, I do. I said, well, let's meet at Denny's. They're open 24 hours. We went over to Denny's. We had some coffee. His boss wasn't there. No sales room. Opened the Bible. Ralph accepted Christ as his Savior. Amen. Sunday, his wife came to church, and she accepted Christ as her Savior. Never forget in the midst of your busy schedule that God is trying to arrange divine appointments. He's looking for people that are persuaded that he is the Christ who will participate with him in ministry. These early disciples had an abiding presence with Jesus. They had an absolute persuasion of Jesus and they had an active participation with 
Jesus. We have found the Messiah. He brought his brother to Jesus in verse 42. John 6 and verse 8 says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but uh, what are they among so many? You know, Andrew was always bringing people to Jesus, whether it was his brother, whether it was this little child. And may that be said of us, that we are always bringing people to Jesus Christ. Don't lose the heart of that in the midst of even your Bible college years. I wonder, who will you bring to Jesus in this lifetime? Who will it be that you'll see in heaven and say, I'm so glad I had a part in his salvation? Tomorrow we'll have a funeral here for Brother Jack Harper. I don't know if we have a picture of Jack back there. Might have a picture of him. There he is. Brother Jack. Brother Jack, when I started this Bible college, he worked for the airlines, American Airlines. So many times he'd travel with me. Uh, to I'd go preach somewhere and tell about the college. He's been to Temecula. He's been to San Diego. He's been to Fresno. He's been to Long Beach, Bakersfield, Lompoc, you name it. He was my travel partner. We'd get some coffee. We'd get in the car. And... Uh, uh, he'd say, Pastor, I, I just want to go with you. I want to make sure nobody messes with you. That's how, that's how he said it. Make sure nobody messes with you. He used to tell me, say, Preacher, you know I'd take a bullet for you. And uh, he's one of the few guys I really thought would. He was a true friend. And he, he just had a heart attack Tuesday. And he's in heaven now. But I'm going to tell you something. I look forward to seeing him again. Tomorrow will be a challenging service. I'm, I'm being truthful about it. It'll be a little bit challenging tomorrow. But I am so glad that we've seen men like Jack and hundreds and thousands of others who've accepted Christ as Savior. And I want to testify as a pastor, there's no greater life to live than a life for Jesus Christ, than a life that's telling people like Jack. Jack told me one day, he said, Pastor, I lived next door to a Southern Baptist preacher for three years who never invited me to church one time. He never told me the plan of salvation. Not until my friend Larry Knight invited me to church did I ever hear the gospel. He was 36 years old before he ever heard the gospel. I don't care who they are, where they live, red, yellow, black, brown, white. It doesn't matter to me. Jesus died for all of them. May God give you this year someone that you can bring to Jesus. May the Lord use us in his work. It will begin with an abiding presence. That's why we have chapel. It will continue with absolute persuasion of doctrine. That's why we have class. And then it will culminate in your active participation in the ministry. That's really what it's all about.